Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Tommy Powers, and we'll explore how to use Facebook video ads to sell in a very creative way. By the way, if you want to email me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Don't forget, I have another podcast called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. Simply search for Social Media Marketing Talk or Social Media Marketing Talk Show, and you will find that show, and that's a weekly show where we talk about all the news going on in the world of social media marketing. All right, well, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric? I found a really cool augmented reality tool for your videos that lets you place text in the videos and stay there as you move around in the space as you record. What's it called? It is called AR Placer Cam. Tell me more. All right. So this is hard to describe other than if, say, you've already, you know, on a lot of the, the um, Friday shows, we talk about different tools. And recently, Snapchat came up with this one where you drop different things in and it then stays in uh, its place in the video. And so then as you're creating your snap, that like dancing little man or something always ends in that one place. So you can kind of be have him off camera, swipe, o- you know, sl- uh Kind of move your camera over to pan where he is, and it's like a surprise, and then he shows up. Well, this is that, only it does it with text. So an example of using this would be, say, say all of the social team or all of different teams or somebody were all lined up at, uh, at, a, at a, a same place. You could put their names, the text of their names above their heads and leave it there, and as you go by them, their text of their name would show up. It's it's pretty amazing to see this thing in. I in, think I've seen this before too, and yeah. I, I think what you, I think another thing you can do, if I'm not mistaken, is like just let's just envision there's like a picnic table in front of us. Okay, I think you can put the word on the table, and then if you get closer or further away from the table, it gets bigger or smaller along with the table. Is that correct? It kind of yes, sticks exactly. in that space. And can you rotate it, and can you twist it, and all that kind of weird stuff with, and just stick it wherever you want. You know, yes, before totally. you actually hit record on the video, is that the idea? Yeah, yeah. You said so. That's the thing is, what you do is you set up all the different text or even emojis that you want in the video in all of their their spatial uh, place that you want them to occupy in the video. So, for example, like we could go by 
uh, at Social Media Marketing World, we could be walking by different booths right. and have right out front, you know, what the booth is there for. And then uh, take a, you know, then hit start and record and walk by all of them. And they'd already be all pre-labeled and things like that. Like, it's just, uh, it kind of blows my mind this is, that this exists. Yeah, it would be a lot harder to do this in post-production because you would have to have this, you know, um, you'd have to have this thing there and then not there. I mean, so this is, this is pretty cool stuff. Um, do you know whether or not you have the ability to do a lot of different fonts and whether they can be certain like looks to the fonts or is it pretty much all just flat text? Is there's flat text and there's 3D text. There's a few different fonts, but they've already upgraded it once or twice since I've been using it. Huh. Um, so it is pretty cool. I, again, you can even drop in like emojis. So like if you're walking along and creating a video and you want an emoji to pop up somewhere randomly that you've already placed, it'll be there ready for you as you're creating your video. That's really cool. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of time before Facebook does something like this, don't you think? Oh, I agree. So what's the cost? Where do we find this thing? The cost is 99 cents and it's in the iOS app store. And honestly, the best way to find it is to just go in there and search for Placer Cam, P-L-A-C-E-R space Cam, C-A-M. Very cool. So have you had a chance to actually do any of these and put them out on social and get any reaction from anybody? So I have played around at home and things like that and have been talking with uh, Jeff C. about you know using this. We haven't fully implemented it yet, but uh, we've got some exciting ideas, especially coming up for social media marketing world. And I'd imagine you could do some cool stuff with a story with this, right? I would imagine if it can film vertically yes. or horizontally, you could do some cool story effects with something like this, right? Yeah, th this is a killer app for Instagram or other types of stories for sure. Awesome. Thanks for that discovery, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Tommy Powers. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Tommy Powers. If you don't know who he is, he is a Facebook ads expert who specializes in helping businesses sell products that people use over and over and over again. He's got an online course called Video Ads Academy. Tommy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. So today, Tommy and I are going to explore how to use Facebook video ads to turn people into customers. So, Tommy, um, 
I would love to hear a little bit of your backstory. How did you get into Facebook ads? What got you where you are now? Start wherever you want. Yeah, it started a long time ago, just excited about the internet and what what it was in high school and got sidetracked from that. You know, life happened, uh, graduated from college, got into management. And uh, long story short, man, I had heart failure um, about it's 10 years now, 2007. Wow. And that forced me to take this internet stuff serious because I needed a way to provide for my family. And so um, it forced me to, because I had tinkered around with the internet here and there over the years, but I never really treated it like a real job or a real business or a real opportunity. And that basically forced me to do that because I felt like I didn't have other options. So um, I really started messing around and was gotten into affiliate marketing and was trying a bunch of stuff and stumbled across Google AdWords and uh, was able to do Google ads to affiliate products. And when I saw that, I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like, I just need to reverse engineer this. Like, I, I got to make it work. And once I make it work, I'm going to reverse engineer and it's going to be game over. And my wife thought I was crazy, but but that was the goal. And uh, I, I could just tell with... Um, with the ad words, because it was data, it was numbers, right? It was graphs and charts, and and I've always been really good with numbers. I've all I had some. Um, they told me I had some called pattern recognition. I was in a NASA space grant program when I was in high school. Oh wow! Actually, because of that, and part of that was because of my ability to recognize patterns and numbers. So that was a natural thing when I saw ad words. It was just like. It's just numbers, and it's just like I just got to figure out the patterns and what work and what don't, and uh, that's why I was really, really keen in on it, and I knew, I mean, I was like, I'm going to get in this lane, and I'm going to figure this out, and so I ended up doing really well with affiliate marketing uh, within that first year from when I got started doing that. Um, I did really well with that, and I've been basically buying ads ever since. So back in the day, you were using Google um, and you were, you know, basically buying ads in the search engines and stuff. Somewhere along the way, though, Facebook entered into the equation for you. What was that turning point? When did you get started with Facebook ads? I mean, I started buying Facebook ads when they first started offering ads. Way back when it was called Facebook Flyers. If, if any OGs out there, they'll know what I'm talking about. Probably about three years ago when I started really using Facebook, when video, Facebook video became big thing and Facebook video ads. And a lot of that was because of my uh, success that I had had with YouTube advertising. Um, I started doing that in like, like 2012. So by 2014, uh, we had spent about, we had probably spent over seven figures on YouTube ads. And that really set me up for the Facebook video ad kind of gravy train that we own right now. So tell me what, today, what's your thoughts on Facebook video ads? Do you believe that they're powerful and possibly even more powerful than YouTube ads? I definitely um, believe they're more powerful than YouTube ads. Um, uh, for Because we're, we're all about at the end of the day, it's all about driving uh, revenue and driving conversion. And YouTube inherently is not a big channel to drive a lot of conversion. Um, it's, a, it's a really good channel for driving um, brand and driving search behavior and, you know, getting getting out there and, and getting people engaging. But people don't always convert. They actually go and search YouTube or they'll search Google or whatever the case may be, and they'll convert on other channels. Mm. So we still see that a lot to this day. Uh, but you, But Facebook 
you get a lot more direct conversion uh, right off of it um, rather than with YouTube. You kind of have to try to measure your campaigns not strictly on direct to conversion from the ad. You have to kind of take into the effect, you know, all of the other effects of running that video, um, the search lift and searches and things like that. Um, so it's a, it's a little trickier to, to um, uh, what's the word? Um, it's a little trickier to um, attribute uh, when it comes to YouTube, whereas uh, Facebook, you get a lot of direct, like it's a higher percentage of direct conversion uh, right off of, right off, right from the ads themselves. And so that's what I love so much more about Facebook. Why Plus do you, the targeting. Why, so, okay. So um, why do you believe that Facebook is so effective for your clients? You mentioned the targeting and the direct conversions. What is it? Is it the users that are on Facebook or is it the way people are using it? What's your thoughts on that? It's the targeting. Um, it's just more powerful. You can do um, you know, everything from the niches of the niches, you know, like the super niche stuff to the really broad stuff. Um, and whereas YouTube is more of a, a TV like medium, radio like medium, it's like a broad mass appeal type of a medium. Um, you get some really good targeting options on YouTube, but it's nothing like Facebook. So let's dig into how we can sell using Facebook video. And I specifically want to dive into this thing you uh, call objection stacking, because I think that a lot of people listening right now are probably not all on like my company where we've experimented with ads on Facebook. We've tried video and they, you know, we don't really know what we're doing to be honest with you because so many social media marketers are not used to video, let alone video ads. So what's a good way to to sell because so many of us marketers that are advertising with video or our objective is not just to generate a lead, but likely to sell. So let's talk about your strategy of how we can do that with Facebook video. Well, the targeting is the easy part because Facebook make it easy. So we always talk about, um, basically the audience, the message, uh, and the offer. And so, um, you know, things that I can't control, um, is an actual offer if I'm working with a client or if it's my own company, then I can control that. Um, but a lot of times when it's people coming to me, um, wanting help, um, I can't control what you're offering to the market. And if that's not really strong, it doesn't really matter You know what I do. It's almost like they talk about putting lipstick on a pig, right? It's like, you know, if, if it's not, if it's not a good offer, it's not a good offer. It doesn't know. I can't make magic happen with the ad. So, so you really need a great offer first and foremost. And if you don't know if you have a great offer, um, you probably aren't making a lot of money. If you're doing well, you probably got something, right? Like if you're doing you know, really good revenue and you're 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 competing in your market um, on, on some level, um, you probably have a really good offer already. Or if you sold very well in another medium outside of Facebook. Um, you know, or outside of paid ads online, but you, you know, maybe you're doing a seven figure business already. Clearly you have an offer that's working. So if you don't have an offer problem. The next problem is the audience. Well, Facebook make that easy. The last piece is really the message. And, and at its core, it's constructing a message that, um, delivers on the outcome that your prospects want 
that's also engaging in the process. And it's, it's kind of tricky to do when you don't know what you're doing, but that's in a nutshell what we're trying to do. We want to create a message that's engaging as well as um, being able to communicate very well the outcome that you can help people create when they buy your product or service or what have you. I think you hit on a couple of really important things here that I preach to my internal team. First of all, um, the sales page itself, which is the landing page, which is the offer, needs to be excellent, yes. right? Absolutely. And, and otherwise, you're just going to be wasting money if you don't have persuasive writing and you don't have your value proposition figured out. And then, of course, the targeting, right? Who is it that yep. is going to see the ad? Who is it that you're going to pay to be in front of? Are they a match, right? That's yep. important. But but the, the secret sauce, the ninja stuff that we're going to get into is the messaging. And this is what makes me excited because if you do target the right audience with the right offer, then it all comes down to messaging, right? That's so, it. so let's talk about this objection stacking philosophy that you have because I think it's so fascinating. Yes. So in essence, it's sales 101, you know, um, if you ever bought a house, you ever bought a car, you ever bought anything of significance, um, unless it just was an impulse buy, um, there's a sales process. And if you understand sales, you know that, you know, the uh, basic premise of sales is uh, overcoming objections. Like people don't buy when you if they got a objection and you can't overcome it, you're not going to sell them like X anybody in sales and they'll agree with this. So um, it's really, it, you know, for me, I call it the silent salesman strategy because what you're doing is just basically creating a sales process inside of your advertising campaign. So step number one is first and foremost, what is the message that I can get that's engaging um, that I can put in front of my audience and get them to respond to that in a positive and, positive and meaningful way? But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually going to convert. Um, but nonetheless, the engagement part is very critical because um, Facebook is going to, you know, they're not going to serve your ad if you don't have a really good relevant score, which is a whole nother subject. But um, relevant score is really important. And the way you do that is by delivering a really good message to the right people. Um, and then when you get those people engaged, you know, it's not like TV and radio and and banner ads, like your ads actually talk back to you, right? Like people are commenting on your videos, they're liking, they're they're making angry if they don't like it or whatever the case may be. And you want to foster the type of, you know, engagement, that social engagement, you want to foster that. You know, you want people liking and sharing and commenting, you know, positively um, to your message. And then that's where it opens the door for the rest of the process, which is basically... Um, well, why didn't you convert, you know, and that's what is the biggest objection why people aren't converting and a lot of people don't necessarily always know those things, but, um, you have to know those things. If you want to do well, you have to know why your customers aren't buying or your prospects aren't buying, or if your customers, why are they buying more if you're trying to sell them more? And it's usually that's the core of the objections. And so the other ads behind that are then designed to overcome those objections so that the people who, you know, again, you can't maybe hit every objection, but if you hit the biggest two, maybe three objections at the most, and even in some cases, it's one main big objection that, you know, people that are on the fence, you could get half, 
half of the people off of the fence just by doing that. And that's really what objection stacking is it boils down to is just, you know, showing people an engaging message, getting them to engage with that initial message and then um, communicating with them about the biggest objections to actually get them to convert. Okay, so um, I want to ask you to share an example, mm -hmm. hypothetically, or a real client. But before I do, um, the very first message that we're communicating with them, um, I would imagine that could be a video or not a video, because it sounds like you are retargeting to those who engage with that message. Is that correct? That's correct. So um, I'd love you to so, so this is an important thing that a lot of people don't recognize, right? Which is like, how do we create the initial message to get someone to engage with that message? And what does engage mean? Does it mean click? Does it mean like? Does it mean comment? Does it mean share? Does it mean all of those things? Uh, so that's what I love about video because um, engage in a video means how much of it are you watching? Mm. Um, that's like the big metric um, that I look at with video um, because um, a like is worth, you know, a share is worth more than a like, a comment is worth more than a share, but uh, someone watching an entire video is worth more than all of those combined, I see. I if you see. ask me. So why don't you walk us through an example of one that you've done, uh, perhaps for yourself or your clients, so people can kind of understand how the what the initial message was, how you targeted those with these follow-up objection videos, if you will. So I got a couple, lot of examples of this, but one of them that I can really share openly, um, I got a, a buddy of mine that lives in Miami. He sells luxury real estate. And um, I've invested a lot of time and money into this, this, this uh, thing that we're doing. So basically we have a tech startup that we started, um, built an app, spent a bunch of money on it, like six figures on this thing. And we were promoting it trying to get people interested in pre-construction uh, luxury uh, in in Miami because there was a lot of pre-construction buildings going up and these people are paying like huge commissions. So what, like, by the way, what, what is pre-construction for those that don't know what that means? So there's just, you know, there's a building goes up. Um, I'll give you an example of one of we ran, the Porsche building in Miami. Um, Porsche put their name on a building um, they came up with the design. They got this like super high end designer person to create the design and the whole nine. And the building is like super cool. And you can like drive your car into the um, um, into the it's not like a garage, but it's like an elevator for your car. And it take your car up and park it outside your, your condominium, you know, what I mean, or whatever. Huh. It's like crazy, cool stuff. So in pre-construction, what they do is they will create the plans and they start selling the building before it's completed. Oh, I see. So during pre-construction, <clears throat> because they're motivated to get a certain number of, of uh, percentage of the building sold to fund in it. the process of to finance building it, uh, they're giving agents and, 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 um, and, um, and everybody, you know, these really big commissions or whatever, you know, 6%, you know, which is kind of crazy. Especially when you're talking about a million dollar, two million, five million dollars. I think the Porsche building low end was like two million bucks. Wow. You know, and the penthouse is probably like 40 or something like that. Something crazy. So you can imagine like you make one sale on a two million dollars at six percent. That's 120K. You know, so, oh, man, we're going to eat this up on Facebook. Right. And so 
my buddy went and built like this crazy um this app and we started running ads for the app and it wasn't working man you know and, and people didn't want to download an app and that's what we had to learn about the process so what we were able to do is run a video showing all of the really cool stuff that i talk about because they gave us the right to be able to use this footage in our in our videos for advertising purposes to show the visual of how you can actually pull up in your Porsche and it goes in the little elevator and it elevates it up and it parks it outside of your, you know, and it was really engaging. <clears throat> People still went downloading the app. And so what we realized is the we were trying to use the app as a conversion mechanism instead of a sales mechanism. So then what we were able to do on the back of that video is run a lead ad to actually capture those people's information instead of asking them to download an app just by, you know, and basically we overcome the objection of they didn't want to download the app, but they was perfectly okay with giving us their name, their phone number, their email address and all of that stuff, you know, and some criteria around what they were looking to buy and the leads just start flowing in. It was it's crazy. Um, so, so that's a like really strong example right there of, you know, the objection was people didn't want to download the app, but they loved the video, you know. And so we were able to then circle back with another ad video showing them, you know, talking about, you know, kind of like the scarcity component. Right. Like if you don't get, you know, move on this now, like this building is going to sell fast. You should give us, you know, give us your information and we're going to send you, you know, a brochure and all of this information or whatever the case may be. I so see. You know, it turned out, turned out really well. So, so what I hear you saying is that you were able to get some really good footage of this rendering, if you will, of this building that didn't really exist, create Correct. video ads targeting, uh, in this case, real estate agents. Is that right? No, no. We were actually targeting a lot of international targeting, man, because what we learned about the buyer profile was that a lot of people that are buying property in South Florida that's spending this kind of money, um, a lot of them are either, you know, from the north, so like New York, Toronto, that area, or they from South America or Russia. I see. So we were able to actually do a lot in like South America, the northern corridor, and actually um, uh, some parts of Europe and Russia. So you advertise this cool new building concept, you know, in Miami. Um, yep. And then... After they watched the video, was there any action they could take at the end of the video or was that it? It was just a video that you designed that you hope people would share and would go viral or what was the idea there? No, the goal was to create a message to engage the audience so they can click and download our app. I see. And, and when you realize it didn't download the app, and what was the app designed to do, by the way? The app just houses all of this other inventory not just a Porsche building, but literally this app has, Oh, I see. I can't even count anymore, but it's a lot of like a lot of these pre-construction type of like this inventory, like this app, this stuff that's in the app doesn't exist anywhere else. Like there's nowhere else you can find a repository Got it. with all of this information about these different properties inside of it. That was really the value proposition that we were trying to um, get across. Got it. But, and then when you realize, when you realize people were not actually taking the action you wanted them to, right. you d deduced that they don't want to download an app. Correct. And you follow up with another ad targeting people that watched a certain percentage of the video? Correct. Correct. And then we sold them on the value proposition of the app, but instead of asking them for the download, we asked them for their information 
so that we can um, contact them about this property or some other property that you may be interested in South Florida. Very interesting. And then we ended up getting them to download the app on the back end. Like they ended up downloading the app. What we learned is people didn't want to download an app because they wasn't used to buying in that capacity. So it just it didn't connect with them. So once we got the information and we started talking to them and people was like, oh, my God, like, where is this app? And it's like, that's the damn, that was what we was trying to get you to download in the first place, you know, but um, but people didn't want it. So let's take uh, either a hypothetical or another example. Maybe that's not so as esoteric as this. You know what I mean? Yes. Can you give another one? So Organifi is a company that I worked with for almost four years, helped them really take that business from nowhere to scaling big. Um, one of the things that we learned about Organifi, so Organifi is a green juice supplement. Got it. And what we learned about that was uh, green juice inherently was, um, you know, people don't like, they're wondering about the taste. Um, how does it taste? Mm. Um, but also Organifi, when you compare it in the market, um, price-wise, is way above the price of everything else, of all of the competitors. So we learned really early on of price and taste were the two big objections. So we could run ads talking about the product and then we could capture the people that watch the percentage of it and then show them another ad. And actually this girl, Jenny DeRose is her name. Jenny actually lives in San Diego, by the way. I have to give Jenny a lot of credit for this because she's the one that really, you know, helped me really take this strategy to the next level um, with it, with that. But she basically was um was the proponent in this and it worked like gangbusters and it was pretty much they watched a percentage of the video let's show them uh a 50 percent off i believe 40 percent or 50 percent off to get them to try the product and then if they didn't take that the next objection would be all right well you might be if you're not worried about the price then maybe you're worried about what it tastes let us send you a sample ah i see so 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 kind of help me understand the mechanics of this. Like, how did you decide the order in which to show these things? First, they watch the video, and then do you wait a certain number of days? And if they do not act, then show them a discount uh, coupon? Or is it another video talking about the discount? Or what exactly are you are yes. you following through with? Okay. Yeah, so video one is just selling the value proposition of the product itself. Like, the thing that everybody normally do. Like, whatever the, the initial thing that you want to put in front of people, right? that's what you do. What is that message that you want to create that engages people, that drives them to your landing page to convert? Okay. The next video would be shown to people who did not convert, yet they watched a certain, you know, 50% of the video, but they didn't convert. Well, that tells us that they were interested, but for whatever reason they didn't convert, that's probably a reason why, and it's probably price or taste. And again, this is because we understood who the customer was. You know, this wasn't us trying to figure out, you know, us just thinking this is what it is. Like we figured out what this was by talking and communicating with the customers and the client and and everybody and understanding and and figuring out like what are the biggest objections of why people don't buy. Right. That's how we got to that. And so video two would be talking about that. We'd be saying like, you know, we know that maybe you know, um, this, that, and the third about, and it's a lot of variations of it, but in essence, it's, you know, from a price perspective, you know, maybe that, you know, we know it's higher than the average, you know, other green juice on the market, but here's why ours is, 
you know, why? Like we got the top ingredients sourced from the best, whatever, you know, so forth and so on. And, and we, you know, and so we got like this super high quality product and that's why the price is what it is. And we think it's the best one on the market so much. So let us give you 50% off so that you can try it and see for yourself. And do you only contain that 50% off message inside the video or do you also put that, I mean. On the landing page, you put that everywhere. Got it, got it. Um, I'm a total, I have, can you tell I have somebody on my team that runs ads for me? When you're running a video ad, is there text also that's around the ad or is it just the video? Uh, Typically in the post area, we're going to put some language, um, uh, probably on like the second video. We're just trying to, um, we're going to put more language in the post area. Um, the first video, uh, we really structure those, the, the language there to get people to watch the video. So it's always some kind of like, right. I use a lot of like open loops is what I call them, right. you know, cause it's kind of like make people curious. Find out what happens when blah or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In order to do that, they got to watch the video cause we want them to watch the video and we know if they watch a little bit of the video, a certain percentage of them will get hooked in. And the ones that watch, say, 50% or more, and sometimes it's 75% depending on one project to the next. But we know when they watch a certain percentage of that video, and sometimes you have to test it. So we might have a 25, a 50, a 75, and a 95 bucket. And then we test all of those different ones to see do people still respond very well. But typically it's about 50%. And so in that video, um, in that post area above that video, uh, a lot of times we'll put a lot more information in there in the, because it's you're not now on so the much second. about the video as it is about the objection that you're overcoming. I see. Got it. Yeah. So in the second video, you're going to put some text in there. Will you mention the 50% off in yeah. the text? Okay, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, if they don't act, um, if they watch a certain percentage of the second video, then you create a third video that offers them a free sample. Yes. And, and, um, is that the concept of stacking? Like you keep addressing the different objections that you know to be true. And by the time someone gets to the third video is the likelihood that they're going to convert substantially larger than just simply offering them the free sample from the beginning. Actually, it's the other way around. If they get to the last video and don't convert, it's probably, you're probably not going to, it's a last ditch effort really. I see. Uh, And not so much as a, um, leading it's with like squeezing sample. what's left out of the lemon right exactly, the juice exactly and not so much uh well why don't you just give them the sample up front well um that's it's you know the sample is not the thing the the sample is not the offer the the offer the sample is the thing when you when everything else hasn't worked I you see. know what i mean i see yeah you know some people lead with a free plus shipping model and those work very well i've have uh, companies that I work with and, and, and companies that I've invested in that use that model very well. So um, there's a time and place for that. But in the in the uh, example that we talking about with uh, with Organifi, for example, uh, that just wasn't the right fit for their business model. They would no, they they want to make sure that they're capturing the revenue and capturing a customer um, on the merit of the product. And so sometimes when you do a free plus shipping, um, you you know you're catching freebie seekers rather than actual people who are genuinely interested in your product. So instead of using it as a leading offer, you can use it as a last ditch effort to get someone over the hump. Perfect. Um, Okay. Now I know there's a lot of people listening right now that are like, well, I don't know what the heck the objections are. How do I even get to the bottom of what the objections are? What advice do you have? 
first thing I would do is pick up the phone and talk, call your customers and see why they bought. Um, and then the other thing is, um, well, hold on. If you talk to them about why they bought, do you also want to ask them, did you have any reservations before you bought? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Great, great point. Great, great point. Right. Yeah. You want to, you want to get as much information from your customers as why they bought, why they, what reasons, what, what kept them, you know, like why were they thinking about not buying what it would do wrong? Like there's so much stuff that they'll give you that you'll find a lot of the stuff in there repeating itself saying, well, I really, you know, I bought it. You know, I was really worried because like I saw another product on Amazon that was like half your price. And then you hear that like 10 times, you know, and it's like, okay, price is a big problem for people. So your customers is a great source to just talk to them. Whether even if it's email, you can, you you don't have to pick up the phone. You know, some people scared to do that, but like, if you're scared to talk to your customers on the phone, then I would, you know, that would bother me probably in some regards. I mean, you want to be able to communicate. Like the stuff you get from your customers is, I can't even put a price tag on that. Like a paying customer feedback, nothing better in my opinion. Uh, but anyway, so that's where I start with. But that great, great point that you brought up. Yeah, and another thing I would imagine you could do is if you have an email list of prospects who you send an email to and they choose not to purchase, you could simply email them and say, hey, I saw that you clicked because a lot of these emails allow you to do that, right? Um, But I'm just curious if there was any you know, anything in particular that uh, made you decide not to buy, right? And then all of a sudden you're talking to your non-buyers, right? Correct. A couple other ones I can give real quick. Um, Live chat on your website. Oh, there you go. Particularly if you're in the e-commerce space, at the checkout. So not necessarily on your entire website. You only want to put live check at the checkout. Once they add it to cart and they're getting ready and they they've added to cart, that's when you want to use it because now that person has made a micro commitment. And a lot of people know about like, you know, abandoning cart or whatever the case may be. So it's an opportunity to capture someone right at the moment when they want to purchase, but maybe they're going to abandon. Um, that's a really great way. Cause again, you know, the reason why we, one of the reasons why I ended up coming up with this, cause another company that I was working with is cause they didn't have the capacity to handle the people when they put the live chat on their website, it overwhelmed them because they didn't you know they were getting a lot of traffic, but they didn't really have an internal team to take calls and live agents and stuff like that. And so my thing was like, all right, well let's just move it further back in the, in the buying process and they were able to manage that. And that was like, the feedback was crazy because they well, would actually capture those people right at, and at a the bot. they were ready to buy. Why not a bot, right? I mean, at that point, you could have Correct. a bot You could have a bot Do that a answers bot. the most yep. common questions. Anything they can't yep. answer, you could just yep. study that, right? Well, they, I told them live chat and they did exactly what I told them. <laughs> you know what That's saying? cool. So, you know, but I agree. Yeah, you could do a, or you can do like, uh, what are these other tools? Like Quilaro, I forget how you pronounce that. Um, there's a lot of different like tools out there where you can like where pe- people can just like enter information in or you can do like a survey. It's like a lot of ways to do it, but um Yeah, hot, Hotjar. Chat, Hotjar has a really cool Hotjar, feature. Yep, they but can a live chat. We um what we found the most significant with that is uh for e-commerce specifically is 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 um right at the uh right after they add the cart and move the checkout and you know after so many seconds, you know, you pop it up because if they're not completing a checkout and say in 120 seconds, I think it was, 
um, that's probably an opportunity to figure out why, you know, what's going on, what's wrong. I love that. Um, and a lot of times you can get a lot of the objections, you know, and, um, and um, great, great feedback. So work really well. I want to circle back to this open loops concept because um, I think you've hit on something that a lot of us marketers don't really think about. And I would love for you to maybe just talk a little bit more about how we can use open loops in any of our videos, whether they be, you know, uh, ads or non ads. Can you give us some, some ways that you've been doing it maybe for some of your clients? Yeah. Open loops in essence, it's, it's pretty much, you know, um, I got some formulas. I don't have them in front of me, uh, but it's pretty much like, um, you know, you want a specific outcome and, um, you know, I'll give you a great example of we crushed it with Organifi with YouTube. It says the headline of the video, the headline of the ad said this flushes out fat. Mm. And my God, man, that thing ran for two and a half years. Probably I could never I could never I tried everything I could to try to beat that control. And it was the control for probably about two and a half years. I mean, you know, there's other stuff now um, because they, you know, I mean, the company's grown crazy. They got a lot of other people that, you know, working with them and, you know, internal right. and all of that. But this flushes out fat, that thing crested. And really it was, you ever saw these ads, one weird trick to lose belly fat, right? Right. It's right. like that same thing, but I just didn't want to, you know, everyone was doing the one weird trick. So I needed to come up with another open loop that would capture people. And it was really rooted in, you know, um, no one wants to work out to lose weight. You know, but if I gave you something that flushes the fat out of you, um, you know what I mean? Like, people want that. And then when you put the word this instead of saying juice, because I tested, you know, green juice flushes out fat. And I put this, you know, people is like, okay, green juice. But when you said this. It's like, well, what is that? And then you open that loop and now you bring them in. And at some point you got to close that loop, right? But you open that loop because it's like, what is this? Mm. I want to know what this is because I want that. I want to be able to do what what that is saying. Because people don't want to do the sit-ups and work out. And even though they still have to do that with the product, um, the idea around that was to open a loop in someone's mind and say, look, Here's a way to really help you achieve your goals. And by using this green juice, along with, you know, in the video and the, and the messaging, you know, we're communicating like just by drinking this green juice isn't going to make you lose weight. You know what I mean? Like you still have to do these other things, but it will assist you in that process. Let me ask so you that, this, Tommy. That, that worked great, man. So are you actually, does it make sense to say something like, um, you know, in this video, you'll discover or watch for this or something, or is that too specific? Because this is where I'm kind of a rookie when it comes to these kind of things. Like I'm thinking about like, for example, my show, the journey, and I always start out the right. show with like a little three second teaser about something that's in the latter third of the video. And I'm just wondering whether I ought to take that teaser and work it into the text to get them to watch the video, or is that it not what really an open loop is? It, it's it's two it's rooted in two things primarily um uh an outcome an outcome that you know your prospects want ultimately that your problem that your product or service will help them create mm -hmm. or there's a specific uh point that you want to get across 
in that piece of content, right? Because every piece of content serves a very specific purpose. Right. So you might have a piece of content that is not designed to sell someone, but is designed to do something very specific. So that would be the thing. That's the that, that's the carrot that I'm dangling is what is this content designed to do for them? Right. Or it's if I know that there's a, a specific outcome that you want to create, then I'm going to create I'm going to create suspense around that that's the kind of the carrot that's dangling that makes sense yep totally now am i answering your question yeah you are now in the video itself and this is my last question for you in the video itself is it generally like a talking uh is it voice over over uh graphics kind of thing are you essentially kind of selling like you would with a regular commercial on television or is it just a talking head looking at the camera i mean give me your quick skinny on like what types of videos seem to perform best it varies, man, from one market to the next, to be honest. I think at its core, it's like, what's the ultimate outcome you're trying to create with the video? Right. And then creating it as such. And so um, Facebook is not a very salesy type of platform. So we don't do a lot of selling in our videos in terms of like the product itself, unless you're doing like a impulse buy type of thing with like product demonstrations and stuff. I mean, those those do extremely well. But like if you have like, a product that 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 um you know like you're not gonna sell it in the video. You want to get people to your website and let the landing page do that. Right. So you're really just trying to like, you know, you open the loop, you close it in the video, and then you open the other loop to get them over to your page so that you can close that loop over there. You know, but unless it's like I said, impulse buy, you know, ten dollar, twenty dollar purchase or something like that, you can sell right in the video. But when you st- talking about like a course or an event or you know that kind of stuff like you you don't sell in the video with those so those can be talking head they could be text overlay you know over screen like there's a lot of different ways to do it and honestly i'll tell you one of our strategies is we don't invest heavily in video production uh whenever possible what we want to do is create a minimum viable video if you want to call it that where we want to test the message out. I just want to know, does the message resonate? So a lot of times we'll take a video PowerPoint or like slides with words and, you know, have them like, you know, those are really cheap and easy to produce just to get the message across to see if people resonate. And then if they do, then we can double back and say, all right, well, we know we got a message that works really well that we getting some positive traction on. We can then take this message and then do more you know, with the uh, live on screen and that kind of thing or whatever the case may be. But sometimes, dude, you'll be amazed at what works, man. Just picking up a f- your iPhone and holding it up in front of you and talking into it. I've seen those things convert like well, way beyond my wildest dreams. And, and me thinking like that's never going to work. And my partner was like, well, let's just test it. You say test it. All right, man, let's test it. And the thing works like gangbusters. <laughs> that is totally cool. Well, Tommy, um, First of all, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all your awesome insight on this topic. Can you tell everyone where they can discover more about you, your course, Video Ads Academy, and whatever else you've got going on? TommyTraffic.com. So like my name, Tommy, T-O-M-M-I-E, Traffic, T-R-A-F-F-I-C.com. That's my main hub. Um, and VideoAdsAcademy.com. That is that is uh, my course. That's how you find me. Video ads academy.com. 
Awesome. Tommy Powers, thank you so much for coming on this week's episode. No doubt, man. Appreciate you having me, man. It was fun. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. There's anything that we mentioned and you missed it. Well, we take all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 284. That stands for episode 284. Man, we're coming up to 300. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Stelzner. I hope you have a wonderful day and I've forgotten the rest of my script. Oh, here it is. (laughs) I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world in a good way. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.